0: Welcome back to flag hunting, the final round of the first round of the NASCAR playoffs, round 16, I should say. Uh, But after this week, we cut down to 12, Uh, a quarter of the field, a quarter of the playoff field going home um, effectively after this week. Obviously, we haven't been on the airwaves in a couple weeks. Big news in in Chris's life that he posted on Twitter last week. So I think uh, we would uh, – it's appropriate just to maybe – pivot up of for the first five minutes man obviously huge news in your life became a dad for the first time uh, i just talked to a uh, little baby cora over uh over stream for the first time so that was that was special man how's the first i guess week or so been now for you eight days as a dad
1: it's been good it's been really good um yeah so obviously we posted on twitter that uh she was born last last week last saturday so um yeah, it's been fun. We, she got to watch the race with me on 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 Sunday. So, um, but yeah, days, I, I,
0: one, one day old watching the race, or, or was it a, over a week old? She
1: managed to catch. Uh, yes, yeah, so that she was. Yeah, a week, a week at that point. So, okay. um, but yeah, so uh, no, it's been really good. Obviously, uh, the sleep comes here and there. You just got to find a ways to sleep. So I'm I'm not a person who takes naps, but I'm a I am now a napper. I'm a professional napper. So. Um. <laughs> no, all all's good. It's it's really exciting. I mean, I'm a girl dad, so um, yeah. it's only a matter of time before before she's attending sporting events with me. So there you go. Yeah. Excited, excited for what's to come for sure.
0: Yeah, and I know I know Chris has already got the uh he's already got the diecast uh part of the the toy box already set up. Uh, that's the last couple of times I've been out the shore. We went up by Lionel and, and bought some. Some uh, some little cars for her to play with. That'll that'll be a, a nice through line between me and Chris's childhood, and I think uh, hers too. So, obviously, a lot of a lot of quality father daughter time to be spent. Hopefully, at the track, at some field somewhere in the, in the Charlotte area. Um, but yeah, obviously, huge news for the podcast. And uh, yeah, we've had we've had if you if you want to pivot back to the track, we've had man some really good reads. I feel like the last two weeks we obviously didn't record last week, but between Darlin' and Kansas, man, I mean, this is we had. Redick and Hamlin, uh, and stage three in Tarlington. We had, uh, Bubba and, and Larson, you know, fighting out for the lead there in stage one, early stage two at Kansas. And you know what, sometimes variance gets kind of the, the wrong, so you get on the wrong side of variance and, uh, you know, unable to cash an outright ticket, but got to feel some side, some kind of sauce and knowing that, you know, you've read the board pretty well in terms of pre-race outrights.
1: Yeah, that's, we just talked about it beforehand. Like, you know, it's, it's like the catch too of like, would you rather be right on and, and miss at the end or miss altogether and have a guy run 18th? Like, which which feels better? And I think, obviously, having a guy at least in the mix is is what you want. And I would say that we've at least given people a nice sweat the last two weeks, you know, between um, Hamlin and Reddick two weeks ago, pretty much dominating the race. And then Larson and Bubba ran, literally running one-two and being the best cars in the field this past week. Um, that's really all you can ask for. And And then I felt like you know, even the prop plays, like I felt really, really good about Truex this past week. And then he has an unfortunate problem like really early in the race. And um, so it's just, it's circumstances of bad luck, really. Like, yeah, I felt really convicted about the model and all the numbers I put together. I felt really good about, uh, you know, we just talked about like the qualifying numbers, even though we didn't get qualifying bets out there. Like, I feel like everything was hitting well and we had a lot of comp tracks. So everything um, <clears throat> set up to a point where I thought we deserved better. But, you know, that's just the comings and goings of the gambling space. Um, and now we come into this week where we'll get to in a minute, but I don't feel as vindicated because we don't have a lot of data points to go for Bristol. Yeah. So now this will be the week that we hit for like 40 units. Watch, that's just <laughs> the way things go. Right. So, I mean, I, uh, I think- but, yeah, okay.
0: Go ahead. okay. Well, I, I would say, yeah, I would say one of my favorite reasons for doing this podcast and especially like for talking about like the previous weeks when we get into like the thick of a season is to kind of remain introspective and to, and to really check each other, check ourselves and have like honest discourse about how the week went. And I've always been a big proponent of like, if I was to build like a gambler from scratch, <clears throat> someone that I thought could be a, a, a successful sports, but over the long term. if you're looking for like character traits, I think introspection is like at the top of my list. Um you know, we, kept, we have a lot of talk in the sports world about, like, you know, building the perfect golfer, building the perfect running back, quarterback, whatever. But if you're talking about, like, an analyst, I think being able to be honest with yourself and and kind of how, you know, how, if your decisions were right or wrong and, and kind of how did variance affect your week and because um, it's an imperfect science kind of predicting these things, right? So I, I feel like whenever we can get on here and we can feel really good that, you know, if we ran that race 10 times, a hundred times, a thousand times, whatever. Like I'm comfortable with the positions that we laid pre-week and, and pre-race. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be two week, three week. I, I had a four month long stretch in golf where I didn't hit a single thing. But um, if you can, if you can identify like inherent problems with your process versus just bad side of a few tough breaks, I think that goes a long way into actually maintaining and proving is a better and then maintaining s- sustainable uh profits for our followers so um yeah for me i mean it, it it sucks because you know i know the playoffs is is you know there's huge races at the start and you feel like um you've got a bit more eyes on maybe the show with with some of the braces are that have kind of transpired over the last couple of weeks but um if you have watched the races there's no real reason i think to to push the panic button and um I am looking forward to the next time we go to Darlington and go into Kansas. Cause I think not just you, but the industry as a whole, I think it's a really, really solid, just feel on those tracks. And I feel like, again, I talk about it on the golf course all the time where if, if every week we went to Darlington if every week we went to Kansas, I think we'd be a, a long-term winning uh, winning show. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I had to say on it. Um, obviously, <clears throat> obviously some, some surprises I would say through the first two rounds of the playoffs as well. Not just the fact that um, guys like Cameron have made mistakes when they were in winning positions, guys like Larson probably made mistakes when they were winning positions. But um, I guess I'll throw it to you real quick. Like, is there like an overarching storyline through the first kind of two legs of the first round of the playoffs? Uh, is there something that someone that you think of surprised you maybe in a positive way? Someone that you think has surprised you in a negative way. Um, if, if you can kind of, If you had the results, if you had these two sets of results two weeks ago, what do you think would have surprised you the most um, in terms of the 16 playoff drivers?
1: Yeah. So I think the most surprising is I think the guy we just mentioned is Martin Turex, right? The literally the regular season champ is below the cut line right now, um, which is just, it just feels it doesn't even feel right to say out loud. Like you know, we did that we did that kind of breakdown two weeks ago of guys who I thought you know fit the track sets coming up and who I thought from a point standpoint was kind of sitting pretty. And we didn't even bring up Truex because why? Why would we have like right. between Truex, Hamlin, and, and Byron? Like there was no reason for any of them to really falter. Um, and then here we sit with Truex now seven points below the cut line coming into a track that is not a strong suit of Truex, So the fact that we just went to two tracks that were, and he had issues now, the pressure is on. Um, so that's going to be something we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest surprise from a loser standpoint. I'll throw Bubba into in the mix as well, just because I think that we just saw the two best tracks for Bubba in the playoffs. And although he had probably the th- second, third best car, yep. uh, this past weekend, uh, Again, he fell victim to, you know, this time it wasn't pit road necessarily. It was literally just a flat, flat, um, which we saw a lot of flats in practice on Saturdays. I know there was a lot of concern that tires were going to be an issue on Sunday, but Bubba's was really the only one, I think, that I can remember off the top of my head that just kind of popped out of nowhere, um, and that just that's brutal. It's so brutal for Bubba. Um, so, unfortunately, I think his playoff hopes are over. Um, he's not – I only say that as a surprise because I was very high on Bubba coming into Darlington and Kansas. So, that's the only reason why I say that's a surprise.
0: Right, well, he finished top five at Darlington, right? Or he had a really nice finish at Darlington, and then obviously had a really good chance at Kansas. Now sits 19 points below the cut line, and uh, yeah. a track that you wouldn't really favor Bubba too much. We'll get into the odds a little bit later, but yeah, it definitely feels like a bit of a bit of a lost opportunity through two weeks um, for Bubba. Um, I, I will expand on Trux a little bit. Um, I feel like it was a good sign for Martin that he actually qualified well at um at kansas i mean obviously like a super tough break to, to end up out of that race in stage one but i think the main problem he had in Darlington wasn't the fact that his car was like particularly slow it was just like he qualified what like 23rd 20 like he was in the he was in the dregs of the field kind of heading into Darlington. we already we already kind of alluded to the fact pre-race how difficult of a track it is to make to get a track position uh and unless you had a rocket ship like larson or um maybe reddick there wasn't a lot of guys that were really making huge strides up the field. And and uh, we saw that with Truex, <clears throat> you know, uh, he went a lot down early. I think he managed to like a top 20, like 15th to 20th place finish. But um, I think this week, and we'll talk about it, obviously, when we get to Bristol, but hopefully if you're in the Truex camp, you you can carry that qualifying momentum forward. Because I think starting up front this week will take a lot of pressure off that 19 team. If they, if they get off to a, a rough start on Saturday and end up – Back in 16th to 25th place again, um, in terms of qualifying, I think that's when you can really start pressing the panic button. But, um, yeah, the the good news if you have a Truex future is I think right like once the once the rounds, if he does survive this week, the rounds then reset, so he's back up to the top of the standings. Correct? Yeah, and so,
1: it's it's something I'm I think that you're alluding to here. Something I was going to touch on a little bit is if you look at the out, the championship market right now, Truex is at plus 850 he hasn't been plus eight fifty 50 since like the second week of the season. Yeah. Um, so I actually, even though I don't love this track for Martin, we're going to, we're going to talk our way through it because I think there actually is a case for Martin this week. Um, but the plus eight fifty 50 championship future is even more enticing because like, just like you said, yeah, if all he's got to do is, well, a right is he just, needs one of the other 12 ahead of him to have an issue. Right. First of all, cause he's only seven points behind. So Right. Literally, just needs one guy to kind of fall back to, and, and beat them by seven spots, basically. Yeah. Well, Harvick, I guess, is really the one to beat by seven. but He could beat Joey by 12, beat Bell by 13. Like Any of these guys could have an issue just like he did, and he's back in the mix. And then yeah. just like you said, yeah, he goes right back to the top. Should be. The only one who might be making the case is Larson to maybe surpass him, um, but I think he should be should be back at the top. Um, uh, I guess just to kind of end this conversation, the guy that I guess I'm most surprised about in a, in a good way, I think I'll, there's probably two guys, I would say. Uh, Ryan Blaney has worked yeah. his way up to sixth in the standings, which is
0: really impressive.
1: For a guy that we mentioned as Blaney and Logano being like potential guys that we we're picking to not make it through this round, um, yeah, they're looking pretty strong enough. Logano's a little, little bit more at, at towards the bottom of the being in, in the scary zone than Blaney. Blaney should be okay. He's plus 25, so as long as he doesn't have something happen really, really early in the race, yeah. Uh, Blaney, Blaney should be in a good spot. Um, the other one is is Brad Keselowski, like yeah. RFK. Like we have been talking about Busher, Busher, Busher all these weeks, and now Brad sits fifth in the standings, thirty three points above the cut line, so pretty much is already in. And not to mention, Bristol is a very good trap for Brad, very very good. So we'll be talking about Brad tonight, uh, just a little bit, just kind of touched on some of his his points. So yep. Brad, very much in contention to s- swiftly move through this round a lot easier than I thought.
0: And the good news for a lot of these forwards is kind of the same. I, I mean, full disclosure. I'm pretty heavily invested in Kyle Larson to win the championship this year, seven to one, six fifty, I believe. I've got two separate tickets on those two uh, those two prices. But the next round is kind of the round I'm dreading the most with Daga, with Texas, uh, with the Roval. That's kind of the one spot where, I, or the the one round where I feel like oh, he could get tripped up here, and all of a sudden we could be in some trouble. The Fords, I don't think I have to worry about that same thing because obviously they are. They've been dominant at superspeedways. Talladega is a big-time chance for a Blaney or a Logano or a Kizlowski to to make their move into the next round. And then you have Texas, which I mean, we don't have a lot of data points on Texas, but the All-Star race back in 2022 dominated by the Fords uh, with Blaney. Uh, I know Cinder ran up front there as well. Logano had a good week, so um, yeah. All of a sudden, things coming up kind of trumps for a lot of the Fords who we again didn't have a lot, didn't give a lot of credence to, kind of coming, coming into the playoffs, but as it stands, all five Fords that made the championship actually five of the six McGow not precluding. Um, but you know, Kozlowski, Blaney, Logano, Busher, Harvick, all inside the top 12 as it's as we uh, stand here with one race to go in the round of 16. So yeah, already some big drama, uh, coming in to Bristol, uh, the cutoff race before the round of 12 and, uh, obviously not, I mean, you couldn't really ask for a better track for, for this type of finish. Um, I mean, I, I, I think we've already kind of praised NASCAR for their, for the fact that Daytona happens to be the last cutoff race before the playoffs. Just, just throw them on a, throw them all in a blender and just, uh, whoever survives survives. If they die, they die sort of thing. And now Bristol, you get a a track that's obviously one of the most iconic of the sport and, uh, certainly, uh, a worthy venue for the, for the first cutoff race of the 2023 playoffs.
1: Yeah. And I assume that's my lead in to, to go ahead and start talking about Bristol, but, um, yeah, this, this, Playoff race, I mean, just to kind of maybe end that conversation real quick before I jump into Bristol is, you know, there's a lot of guys that are in danger. Like, there's guys we didn't talk about that are, are in danger. Like, obviously, we already talked about, I mean, Ricky and McDowell are pretty much out at this point. Bubba's Bubba's pretty much out, too. Like, I mean, Bubba would have to, I think he would have to finish, like, top five and have two guys in the top 12 have an issue. So, Bubba's probably out. Tricks is not out by any means. Like, like I said, we're going to talk about him a little bit. Harvick, should be fine, but Logano, Bell, and surprisingly, Busher and Chastain. Like Sneak this up. is a really, this is a really really good track for Busher. so I don't think it's going to happen. But like this is a to- also a type of track where like you're going to see bumping and banging. You're going to see you know we always see some sort of you know guy get shoved in the wall or guy get um, you know like coming in the turns they like kind of like Bump into each other. Like you'll see like a like a fender get bent bent in or something like that. Like things happen at Bristol. Um, so this is also a short track.
0: If you have a tire trouble, all of a sudden, like you're not, you're not just down a lap. You're maybe down two, three laps. Like the same thing that happened to Hamlet Darlington, like you're just done if you have like any kind of pit road issue. So a lot of pressure on pit road to, to execute. And this could be a race that is just a,
1: it's just a straight up uh, war of attrition versus uh, maybe some pure speed. Which is a really, really good point for a guy that we have been, uh, Absolutely demolishing when it comes to Sundays is Christopher Bell. Like again, this past weekend, pit road issues again, and they this is with the Ty Gibbs crew now. Like the the crew that was super solid all year long, and he's still having issues. So that twenty team, man. If I had to pick someone of these bottom four that I'm most worried about, it it might be that twenty team. The twenty or the twenty two, honestly. I think I'm more worried about them than I am Butcher and Harvick. So, um, yeah, I think this is and Ross. I don't really have a lot of conviction for Ross this week either. So really, any of those guys from. Ross to Harvick to Truex. I mean, only two of the only, sorry, not only two, only um, one of those guys is not going to make it, basically. So um, at least one of them. So, and
0: kind of again, last final point here, but we talked about kind of some betting opportunities within the playoffs. If you do want to maybe catch a guy at 25, 30 to 1 as the playoffs go on, Harvick currently sitting at 33 to 1. Now, I know next round's not a great round for him, but it goes to show that when Harvick's kind of around the cut line, even maybe the next round, if he, assuming he pre- present or assuming he, uh, progresses into the round of 12, if he's still sitting and he's still got a pulse kind of heading into the last route, the cutoff race of the round of 12, I guess that'd be the roval. Um, and he's like still sitting at 25, 30 to one, like that might be worth like a spectacle of ad just because if he does get through all of a sudden, like, he's one step away from being like maybe one of the favorites in Phoenix. So we've talked about Harvick quite a bit in terms of like maybe finding a future, finding a way to be invested in him going into Phoenix. Um, and it goes to show the books are, the books are being quite generous. I feel like right now um, with the four team, we'll see how that progresses as, as the playoffs go on. And if he does in fact progress into the round of 12, into the round of it, et cetera. Uh, but it seems like he's the one that they are willing to drop further down the board. Cause as you, as you mentioned, I mean, he's, currently ahead of Truex in the standings he's 33 to one truex is plus 850 so uh just something I noticed there and, and even his Ford his Ford compa- uh, compadres Logano and Blaney uh 16 and 18, 18 to one respectively even though uh Lugano far from safe um heading into Bristol this week so that's something that I noticed but obviously it all it it all um verges on or it all kind of depends on uh what they do this Sunday night under the lights in the Coliseum um and i will let chris take it away for the bass pro shops night race here um in
1: bristol tennessee yeah so not far from where i'm sitting currently uh it is probably actually even more so now with my my new house i'm like literally probably 5 minutes from 321 and and 321 is basically the highway you take all the way to bristol tennessee so we're probably looking at like 2 hours from where i'm currently sitting um so, and a race I've never been to, a race I've always wanted to go to. Um, but yeah, Bristol, Tennessee, it is Bristol Motor Speedway, the half mile concrete short track. You've heard it, all the names for it. The last great Coliseum, Thunder Valley, world's fastest half mile, a favorite among essentially everyone in the paddock. I don't think there's anyone that comes to Bristol and says they don't love this track. Like there's a reason why people don't want the dirt track. It's because we want to see two iterations of, of the concrete track of Bristol. Uh, now, you know, the downside of that is, the short track package hasn't been great. Uh, and and Bristol, the Bristol race last year wasn't exactly the most exciting. And uh, we've seen tracks, similar tracks like Martinsville and, and Wilkesboro and, and guys and tracks like that be kind of snooze fest. Um, so, something that we do want to keep in mind as we run through the, the board tonight is qualifying. We want to keep qualifying in mind because I do think, although Bristol is, we expect there to be different lines being run. Um, whereas Martinsville is pretty much one line, Wilkesboro is pretty much one line, unless you're Kyle Larson. Um, Bristol has multiple lines that we run, so we should see better racing. Uh, we they also ran a test here uh, last month, and I meant to write down who did that test, and I forgot to write that down. But they did a tire test here. They do expect um, that to be have a better factor here. If I had to take a guess, the guys that did it, I think it was like Blaney, Reddick, and Bell, maybe, but I can't remember. It says Blaney, Blaney, Chastain, Ty Gibbs. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting names. Um, this
0: was sourced by Jayski, so I don't take Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, J-Ski is that's the source that we used. Okay. Um. So anyways, yeah, obviously, should be exciting race. We hope it's exciting race. It's the last, it's the cutoff race before the next round of the playoffs, so we should see a lot of exciting things. The, the downside, what I just, all that stuff so I just said is, you know, you know, obviously with Thorns in Kansas, we had a tons of data points. I think I had like six, seven, maybe even eight data points from 2023, 2022, Whatever it may be, had a lot of conviction for the board. Bristol's a little tougher. You know, for one standpoint, you've got, you don't have a one to one comparison. Bristol is very much its own style track. It's a banked half mile concrete track. We don't have anything else similar to it. The second part of that is since we don't have anything one to one comparison, we also have the fact that the short track package hasn't been the most fun to <laughs> cap because of, um, you know the qualifying and the tire splits and all that stuff it just hasn't really been the most ideal so we're trying to have we're gonna have to kind of pull some stretches here so i'm using four different tracks tonight um as my comp tracks i don't like overly like i wouldn't put too much emphasis on any of these the reason i'm using four is the way i'm looking at as if i'm using four different ones you take basically a, a quarter of a data point in each one um just to kind of make, formulate some sort of opinion on a similar style package. So the four that I decided to use are, the first one is actually via I Fancy race Ryan. Um, he actually quotes Dover as being a secondary comp because of the concrete embankment, right? It's basically the same embankment, just half mile longer. Um, so I like that from that standpoint, and I'm going to trust Ryan, and I've used that in the past, and that's worked out to our advantage. And the other three that I'm going to throw in there are... I'm going to throw Martinsville in just because even though it's flat, we do see similar, similar style of racing to where it's, you know, it's not high speeds. You got to get way down on the throttle coming down around the turns. You've you have to use a, a, a bumper to get around people sometimes. Um, so I know it's not the ideal comp track, but at least from a package standpoint and a racing style, it is, it's in the ballpark. Right. Um, the other one is the clash, which again, I know exhibition race, but quarter mile, Concrete track. Um, So um, I I am taking a little bit from that, really only taking all I have to to take from that is finishing position and and the qualifying based on heats is really all I have to take from that. So again, not putting a lot of stock into that, but it's another data point that we have, at least in the ballpark. And then last one is Wilkesboro, uh, which again, I know all star event, but you know, not a lot of embankment, but we have more embankment there than we had Martinsville um and it's the short track package so uh, i feel, feel like those are at least in the ballpark whereas like phoenix richmond loudon like those are all very much different than i'm willing to kind of take here so from those four tracks obviously i'm looking at you know total speed we're looking at drive rating uh loop data um average finish average qualifying all those metrics obviously we're looking at bristol from the last three years we're looking at bristol over their career Uh, We're looking at the average finish, average qualifying at just Bristol over the last or in the next gen era. Um, And then we're bringing in like the momentum factor of the last six races and then the total speed from the full year. So the model for those four tracks plus Bristol in the next gen era spits out a result of number one, Denny Hamlin. Number two, Kyle Larson. Number three, William Byron. Number four, Kevin Harvick. Number five, Christopher Bell. Number six, Brad Keselowski. Number seven, Chase Elliott. Number eight. Oh, hold on. Did I get off here? One, two, three, four, five, six. Did I say seven? Who Did I say for seven? Chase. Okay. Eight is Chris Buescher. Sorry, I got off. Seven, Chase Elliott. Eight, Chris Buescher. Nine, Alex Bowman. Ten, Ross Chastain. Eleven, Todd Reddick. Twelve, Ryan Blaney. So... um, I don't know. Any, any questions you want to go? For? There's a, there is a name missing from there. Actually, there's a few names missing from there. Um, yeah. So we can talk about it as we get to the odds board. But um, yeah, I think after putting everything together, and I haven't really looked at what everybody else has as far as bets. I haven't looked at anybody else's you know models or whatever. But after kind of seeing that and looking at the results we've had at the short tracks, I feel pretty good about that. So. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I if I put something together and I look at the who the top five top 10 are, I'm like, those that just doesn't seem quite right, then I'll go back and maybe delete some comp tracks and kind of start start over a little bit. But I feel pretty good based on the fact that you know Larson's won a lot of the short tracks this year, Hamlin's been a short track king. Um, you know, Byron as well has been really good at short tracks, Harvick, Bell. So I feel really, really good about kind of how it turned out. So, um, yeah, we don't have a lot of bets to talk about tonight, um, maybe not even any, but. I want to move through the odds board and kind of convince ourselves of some. There's also some prop bets that kind of ca- caught my interest. So, uh, yeah, let's just see what happens here in the next 45 minutes. Yeah, I guess the the one guy you said was missing, um,
0: I guess, lend some credence to those that are worried maybe about their Truex futures or hesitant to jump in at 8.5 to 1, Truex not in Chris's top 12 in the model. Um, but, yeah, just kind of listening off your comp tracks, I all of a sudden became Pretty aware of why Kyle Larson is the consensus favorite here, plus five fifty. Obviously, had the fastest car on the field at Dover. Then Chastain fucked that up. Wins at Martinsville. Wins at Wilkesboro. I'll see him uh, exhibition race a little bit, but he—I feel like he was pretty fast in that race as well. Um, yeah, he is. He stands alone right now, plus five fifty. It feels like he—he he is the—I would say—consensus favorite to win the championship across most books. I know Hamlin's gotten some steam as of recently. He's like right there alongside Larson in terms of championship odds. But I think if you ask most people, the, the championship favorite would be the five cars of now. And the books reflect that here in this week in Bristol, uh, plus 550 here. I do want to ask, so, because I didn't get to ask this last week, because obviously Larson won at Darlington, automatically secured entry into the round of 12. What does he get for, like, are, what is the argument for and against, like, just the look ahead spot? Like, I guess, fading Larson wasn't a great call last week, but in terms of like what incentives does this this team have to just look forward to maybe Texas in the round of 12 versus just trying to accrue as many points as they can in round 16.
1: (laughs) Excuse me. Um, I think for me, like it depends on, I think it's multiple factors that kind of factor into this because one is like, where were you in the points at the end of the regular season? Because you know that after every round it's going to reset. So like, You want to like in Larson's case, I don't remember exactly where he finished in the regular season, but I want to say it was like fifth or fourth, yeah. Um, So like not far down, but at the same time, like if if you've got the package to win at at two very comp tracks like we just saw, then you're going to gain an advantage. Like even though the points do reset, you're you're still gaining playoff points to add on top of that, so you can boost your way up for the next round uh, and set yourself up better going forward. So I don't think anyone's going to necessarily like punt um but there are tracks where you can like we saw it from Logano last year right where once they got to the round of eight they won at Vegas and they basically were like we're just gonna try to figure out Phoenix yeah. like we could care less about the last two. so I think once you get to that the round of eight I think that's more prevalent but like this early especially with this next one like we just alluded to like this next round is a wild card for just about everybody like yeah. it's gonna be madness like Talladega the Roval and texas is like the most unknown of anybody so you want to gain as much as you can especially in these three tracks where like you know you have the basis to really like especially if you hit on the packages like you know the five teams gotta be feeling good because you hit on both well i mean they didn't really win but they hit on both the the kansas and darlington tracks and then you've had the best short track package of anybody all year long so like they've got to be feeling they're in a really good spot right now um so i don't really think there's a lot of credence into like coasting until we get past next round okay Um, or i mean Maybe if you get a win next round, you could probably coast a little bit because who really gives? Like, if you win it, what, what do we go to first? Is it uh, Texas first?
0: Texas, then Dega, then the Rebel, because the Rebels are cut off. So
1: yeah, so like I think that's the perfect scenario, right? If you win at Texas, who yeah. gives a flying fuck what you do at the road course and the super speedway because we're not going to see anything like that. You know, you're not going to use that package again the rest of the season. So yeah. I think once we get past Texas is where you can see that, like that strategy come into play. But this, at this point, like the next two weeks, I think everyone's guns blazing. They're still trying to get wins.
0: Okay. So how, how good, how far, and I'm talking now as a Larson Homer. Um, so how much progress can Larson make this week in terms of his, his uh, playoff standing going forward? Cause obviously like we are already talked about points reset. Um, he already won. And then he finished what fourth this past week in Kansas. So, is there a probability or is there a chance that he gives up and, and maybe starts next round alongside of Byron or alongside of Truex, or is he maybe too far gone in that sense?
1: Um
0: I just don't know how playoff points work in terms of allocating wins. If that
1: yeah. I'd have to sorry, it kind of caught me off guard here because I could have it's all good. It's all good. A, I probably could have prepared a little bit better, but I think
0: he started out. Can I tell you where he started in the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, so Truex and uh, and Byron were co number one seeds at thirty six points playoff points. Ham was third at twenty seven, and Larson was fourth at twenty three. So he was thirteen behind Byron and Truex going into the playoffs
1: in terms of playoff okay, points. Okay, so the most, if I'm not mistaken, and I've got if I'm wrong, when we call out so quick on this, path. if I'm not mistaken, the most you can gain as far as playoff points are concerned is yeah. one per stage, stage. win, and yep. then ten for the win. Right? I think. Oh wow. Okay. So. I think he could gain a good, maybe it's five for the win. Oh God, man. I'm really not. The playoff point structure should not be this confusing, but uh, I think he has to put to your point. Like he should, he should be able to be right alongside. Like I would think true X, but yeah. Byron and Hamlin, I think have done enough to stay ahead. Okay. So I would think, I would think Larson's probably sitting third next round. If I had to guess. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's pretty good news.
0: Um, considering I've, I've, I mean, as a Larson fan, I want him to be as high of as possible to have as much leeway because we know what happens to the five car at Super Suitways and uh, the road <laughs> course. We were there in person last year when he got fucking volley Pipped by SHR. Bullshit. Uh, collusion, if I've ever seen it, but <laughs> C Bell won, so I wasn't all that mad. But yeah, looking back. Uh, kind of a brutal break for the five but anyway so obviously Larson is going to be the favorite is there any interest whatsoever in terms of outright price in terms of looking at props to, to bet with a five or are we kind of just priced out at this point of the week
1: yeah I feel like we're kind of priced out and that's really unfortunate but I feel like the books have kind of made a stand <laughs> like in almost every market they've kind of said like yeah, sure. Go ahead, bet it. But you've got a lot more value betting everybody else. So, like, I mean, even the top three market, like, plus 160, but then Denny's plus 235. Like, is is Larson that much better just for a top three? Like, yeah, so I'm having a lot of trouble making the click on Larson, especially the fact that he, um, he actually hasn't qualified well on these style tracks this year. So I do think there's a chance this number comes down. Um, as far as qualifying ranks go, he ranks 11th for me um so yeah i'm kind of a stay away on larson until we see what happens um i don't and you know i'm already being cautious as it is to see what happens in qualifying so why would i use my entire budget on one guy pre-qualifying not knowing where and then not to mention he's not even good in the qualifying model so yeah this is very much a it's a stay away pre-practice and qualifying it's not a stay like don't don't hear me wrong like it's not a stay away altogether because larson has very much dominated the short track package this year. He's number one in drive rating number one average finish at Bristol over the last three years. Um, number one in, in average finish over the last uh, in the next gen era at just Bristol. He's got the number one in momentum rate uh, momentum right now coming into this the last six races. He's number one in drive rating. Um, number one in total speed in the next gen era at this track type number one in total speed um, this year, this year at the similar track. So like, Kyle Larson is very much, uh, very much going to be a stud this week. Um, yep. I'm actually kind of surprised he wasn't number one. Like to be completely honest with you, I think the only reason he's not is because um, Hamlin's just a little more consistent across the board. Yep. Um, but Larson, yeah, don't get me wrong. Larson is like the plus. The I actually went to go look at the top three market just because I was like, you know, should I just take a stand and take that, take that um, top three? But when I saw how much different in price he was compared to everybody else match with qualifying. I think it's just smart to just wait. And if he ends up pulling it or whatever it is, then it just is what it is. And, you know, we yeah. just won't be on the five this week. So that's okay. We've been on the five for a few yeah. misfortunes this year. So <laughs> I was
0: gonna say, trust me when, uh, as someone who bets college and quite a bit, maybe more than you, um, just because he's plus three fifty on race day does not mean it's a guaranteed win, uh, especially now in the year, 2023, uh, maybe 2021 was maybe a better bet, but, uh, yeah, these days sometimes, Larson has been for have been in for their fair share of heartbreak for sure. Uh, but let's move on because there is more than one driver in this field and, and plenty of guys that Chris has modeled out really well. And they all come in a, a little pack here, a nice neat pack from eight to eight and a half to one. Four guys, number one of Chris's model, Denny Hamlin comes in at eight to one. Um, who I'm sure Chris has some uh, plenty of thoughts about in terms of uh, getting a two and a half point discount on his number one player in his model or his driver in his model. Uh, Brad Kislowski coming in with plenty of momentum, like Chris mentioned earlier, plus 8.50. Christopher Bell coming in at plus eight fifty as well. Uh, and William Byron as well coming at plus eight fifty. So of these four guys, obviously Denny's gonna get a lot of interest. Um, I feel like just short tracks, like this is Denny's like bread and butter, pretty much. Brad Keselowski obviously. Um plus eight fifty feels like a bit of a stretch for me. I would almost rather bet Busher 12, but I'm interested to hear what you had to say. I know you have Keselowski over Busher in your model. Um I kind of want to highlight William Byron. I feel like Byron's going a little bit under the radar these days. And I think especially come this time, come playoff time, like I really love just like Byron. We've talked about like how frustrating these past two weeks have been. You know how not to like be frustrated, just bet William Byron every week because the dude, like he just steadily methodically moves up the field. Even if he qualifies bad or whatever, like he's got enough speed to move his way through the field. The pit crew doesn't make mistakes. And he's obviously like on his best days, as fast as Larson. So like, I feel like Byron is, is kind of getting sneaky in terms of week to week outright proposition, but uh, I don't know if this is a spot for him, but it's something I've noticed where I've, I've been like, it might be time to start buying this 24 car. Cause I think that we've seen obviously Larson have one of the fastest cars through two weeks. Like it's only a matter of time before that 24 car catches up. And we see that kind of form that followed him or that, you know, he started the year with and, and that caused him to become the dominant force that, that, is still here in these playoffs. So um, that would be my initial thoughts, but obviously Chris has the metrics uh, between Hamlin, Keselowski, Bell Byron. Is there anyone you're close on? Is there anyone uh, you're, you're outright fading uh, and who you're keeping the closest eye on maybe as we kind of head through
1: the week? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's nobody in this range that I don't like to be, to be fair. Right. I mean, cause it's number, number one, number three, number five, and number six, in my model. So literally four of the top six in my model. And we've already highlighted Larson as well. So, there's one I don't like. I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons, Christopher Bell is just super, super hard to trust right now. Yeah. Um. And I just mentioned that I'm the most worried about him in this round, uh, or in this race for this round. Um. You know, the numbers. The what says behind the numbers is that you know, obviously, shocker, right? Bell should be good here. Like second in loop data at the at the comp tracks, fourth in total speed. Um. Ninth in average finish this year, but or sorry, ninth in average finish in next year but seventh in, in the 2023. Um, but the the Bristol stats in general aren't as good as I thought they were. Um, so he's got a drive rating of eighth, an average finish of nineteenth. Um, and then the loop data stats from the last two years actually have him as 16th. So Bristol, I think, you know, for a guy that is, you know, kind of the short flat guy this isn't a short flat this is a bank's flat or sorry bank short track so um yeah i i think bell is probably the one i have the probably the least amount of interest out of these guys just because of the Bristol track record and the just god-awful pit crew that he has
0: um, is, there, is there credence to think that like if that 20 team like that 20 team down the stretch if they like find themselves kind of safely inside the top six or seven like they're like, okay, let's just get out of the, this fucking round. No, like, no, like pit crew. Like, we're not gonna get crazy with pit strategy. Like, let's just secure like a nice, solid seventh place finish. Get to the next round. Like, they're not gonna be. This is not a position where you want to swing for the fences. If you're yeah, no,
1: that's honestly you know? a fantastic point. Like, I think that's 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 what we highlighted for a strategy for Ross, right? Like, I think that's a very, actually what Ross needs to do and has been doing is like literally just go out there and finish eighth to twelfth, and you're gonna get you're gonna get through. Um, and I think the same goes for Bell this week. Like, he doesn't need to push it. Like, he's, he's fine. And I think that actually leads brilliantly right into Brad Kozlowski, too. Like, we just talked about how Brad has accrued uh, a hell of a lot of points this round. Yeah. S- is sitting really, really well. He's um, basically. You know, I think once it resets, he's going to be towards the bottom again. But, you know, as far as this round goes, I don't really think he needs to push for the win. Now, with that being said, Brad has some really, really good Bristol numbers. Um, we're fourth in drive rating, uh, ninth in average finish. Uh, over the last three years Um, and um, he's also in like momentum factor second average finish coming in over the last six races third in loop data at the comp tracks that I'm bringing in and then fifth in loop data at just Bristol on its own so you know obviously we saw RFK win here last year Brad was fifth in total speed here a year ago so I think very much again almost the same exact argument we just made for Bell which I think is amazing that you brought that up is that like I don't think Brad needs to win this race he just needs to I think another top five finish here is is amazing. Like I would be ecstatic from Brad, especially in the next round, because if there's anyone that you do feel good about in the next round, it's probably RFK. Like I mean, all right, they're going to they, win Talladega. One
0: of them is going to win Talladega. Yeah,
1: Texas Talladega, and then the road courses like they've yeah. been solid. I mean, Brad hasn't been as good as busher but like the RFK program as a whole has been good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I don't think and the 50 number is is kind of disgusting so i'm gonna be honest um i mean like don't get me wrong brad's been good he's got bristol tracker good bristol track record but like this isn't like i I wouldn't like i think he's the best super speedway racer we've seen this year and i wouldn't pay this price at super speedway so like why would i do it at bristol with less conviction so um yeah brad is at the plus 850 price is, is not something that i'm eyeing so um that brings me down to denny and bell or sorry denny and byron um yeah, I don't know how to feel about Byron. Um, he's third in the model, right? As he kind of always is. He's fourth in the qualifying model. So like I expect him to qualify well. So contrary to, contrary to Larson, I think he's, he's, he's suited better there. Um, he is ninth in driving at Bristol over the last three years. Eighth in average finish. But first in average finish in the next-gen era. So does have that going for him. Uh, he's second in total speed at the comp track's seventh um in total speed at the t- contracts in 2023 and obviously he's actually still number one in total speed for the year as a t- as a whole um but um uh, again like I don't know plus 50 is probably a good number for Byron yeah. but when at only 50 points less I can get Hamlin who is number one on my model literally been I think like despite what we've seen from everybody else like I think Hamlin has probably been the best car over the last six weeks. Maybe just you know hasn't been able to finish the deal. But if you're looking at just Bristol specifically, uh Denny in ten races here has one win, three top fives and six top tens. Like as consistent as consistent comes, um he's actually um uh, ranked third in so racing reference likes to um group these guys by like points gained, like how many points they earned in the races. And he's third behind uh, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Bush, but only five points behind those two. So Definitely right in the mix for yeah. um, being a, a very consistent um, catalyst here at, at the Bristol night race. So, yeah, for a guy that's third in average finish here or at the contracts in 2020 or in the next gen era, fifth in driving at just Bristol, first in qualifying, um, second in total speed, first in driver and first in loop data. And what is this last category here? Third in loop data at just Bristol. So, like, literally all those numbers. He actually rates out um, about 0.2 percentage points above Larson, but a whole two and a half points above Byron, Um, mixed with the fact that he's also number one or sorry, not number one, number three in the qualifying model. So one spot above Byron. Um, And when odds opened, uh, I'm pretty sure like unless I'm going crazy, I thought Hamlin opened as the favorite over Larson and I think it flipped. Um and I know that as of this morning, Denny was plus seven fifty. So I don't know what other books are showing currently, but Denny on Bobada has already dropped to plus eight hundred. So clearly the money is going in on Larson and they're letting Denny fall right into our hat into our hands. So if there's any guy that I'd be really comfortable going in on, if we don't feel comfortable with anybody else at the end of the night after talking through all this, yeah. I think Denny is is probably the guy that I end up clicking here.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was my next question. But yeah, it looks like seven fifty eight to one seems to be a consensus. Larson uh, plus 550, 600, so yeah, it, it seems to be there's been a consensus
1: form between the top two guys. Um, and one last night, too, on Denny before we move on is, compared to the other guys in this group that we we're just comparing, at the, at the comp tracks that I have, which is Dover, The Clash, Martinsville, and Wilkesboro, Denny only has one result outside of the top ten, and that was a Wilkesboro. Every, everything else has been fifth, ninth, and fourth, So which is more consistent than the other guys, so um, it actually ranks out third among everybody as the comp tracks, so um. Yeah, I, I think I feel the most conviction for the 11 team.
0: And where do you where do you have Denny in your qualifying model? As of right now, I saw I saw He's Byron. Third. Okay, so Byron's fourth, Denny's third, and then mm-hmm. Larson outside the top 10. So yeah, 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 there you go. That if uh, I mean Chris's Chris's qualifying model has been around the money pretty much all year long, all year long. So if you want to take anything out of this kind of top five discussion, if you you know if there's one guy probably to bet pre race or pre practice qualifying, it it would probably seem to be that 11 car and
1: times. and the guys that are one and two in the qualifying model are longer shots so i've got one on the
0: circled right now so don't worry about that
1: okay yeah we'll talk about it but yeah there's some guys that are there's some really weird data points for like the top five in the qualifying model so of like the top dogs i would almost classify denny as number one okay
0: fair enough well you hear it here first i mean uh, Chris will obviously keep you posted on the Action Network if he does decide to make a move. Uh, but as of right now, through the top five, seems like Denny's the mo- guy we're most likely to uh, to click before Saturday. Uh, Larson, we're hoping for maybe a bit of draft if he were to qualify outside the top 10. Uh, and if we were to able to get a 7, 8-1 to one price on Larson, obviously that would be something we're very uh, interested in uh, on race day. But we'll move on into the double digits here. Uh, we still have some pretty compelling names here, I would say, uh, including last year's champion, uh Kyle Bush, obviously phenomenal. I mean, he has a phenomenal Bristol, Bristol track record, like he has a phenomenal track record everywhere else. Uh, but Bush sitting at eleven to one. Chase Elliott, last year's runner up at twelve to one, last year's winner. Chris Busher, twelve to one. Uh, Kevin Harvick obviously has plenty of uh Bristol history, both good and bad in recent history, but he is twelve to one as well. Um, you know what? Let's cut it off right there with Bush, Elliott, Busher and and Harvick. We'll get into the kind of the mid teens after that, but uh yeah, this is always the part of the board where I tend to struggle a little bit. I tend I'm to lose a little bit of conviction here in the middle range. So hopefully, uh, Chris can clear this up a bit. A bit, just on just uh, just broadly, I would say Busher would be my favorite. Just a twelve to one, the winner at Martinsville, winner last year here at Bristol. Uh, actually, he didn't did he win at Martinsville? No, he won at Richmond. Sorry, he won at Richmond, which is another short play. Um, But yeah, I would say Busher was would be the guy uh of the four that i kind of have the most in to win but um yeah chris what do you have on on the the eight the nine the 17 and the four
1: yeah no i actually agree with you that this is like a tough range um i think i'm gonna start with the guy that i like the most actually i'm gonna flip this one um and it probably should come as no surprise that it's it's actually kevin harvick um just because you know I think contrary to the other guys we said, where like all he needs is like a really good finish. I think Harvick kind of needs to win, like not only for the sake of getting through this round, but like setting himself up better for the next round. Yeah. Um, so if I'm the four team, knowing what you've what you've showcased on the on the short tracks this year, knowing that this is probably your spot, knowing this is the probably probably the spot you're circling um, in order to get through, um, I really think this. To be the spot for Harvick. He's actually also number two in my model of like comparing the model to the odds board as far as like the biggest positive variance at plus four, because he's uh eighth on the odds board and fourth in my model. Yeah. Um so you know I think like if you would have flipped Brad and Harvick's number, like I think that makes sense. Like that's probably where I would have done them in the odds board. So like I feel like Harvick should have been more in like the nine to one range. to so see him at 12 has me like really, really wanting to click this number, not to mention, right? Second in driver in Bristol, second average finish over the last three years. And then third and average finish in his career over, over Bristol. Um, Third, um, sorry, seventh in average qualifying eighth in total speed in the next gen era, but second in total speed in the 2023 short new short track package. Um, And then uh, second in the loop data at just Bristol over the last three years. So, a lot, a lot speaking Kevin Harvick's language. I know we're probably feeling um, like, here we go again, because I've bet Harvick at, I think, Richmond, and Wilkesboro, and probably all the other short tracks, because I just feel like, but you have to understand, like, this is, like, that's kind of Harvick's, other than Hamlin, like, that's kind of Harvick's bread and butter. Um, So, you know, the only thing that really steers me away from Harvick, uh, and it scares me, well, Qualifying, yeah, qualifying is for sure, but I don't really know that he would drop more, more than 12 to 1, to be honest. Like, I feel like maybe 16, like, I feel like he's going to stay around that range if he does qualify badly because he's only ranked, he's actually ranked ninth in the qualifying model. So it's not like overly bad. Okay. Um, but actually, it's the average finish at these contracts that I pulled in. Um, so the at the Martinsville, the Clash, the Wilkesboro, and Dover, Dover, yeah, sorry, couldn't think yeah. of the other one. His average finish is 23rd at those trucks this year. Um, But like, obviously, like I said, like the total speed the loop data and the driver and they all speak differently. So I think it's just a a circumstance of, you know, bad luck or cautions or whatever it may be. Like, I think he's had the cars good enough cars to win. Just maybe the circumstance didn't, didn't come to play. So that, that gives me a little pause, but I just feel like, I don't know. There's just some, there's, it's like that gut. It's like kind of that gut feeling for me this week. Like it's his last year at a track that he loves. you know. Just looking at the last 10 years, he's got one win, three top fives, and seven top tens. He's only finished outside the top ten three times. Um, Outside of an outright number, there is a group bet that I think I saw on him that I liked. Yeah. Um, He's in a group with uh, Rasha Stane, Joey Logano, and Martin Truex at a price of plus 260. None of those guys are kind of in the ballpark at all as far as the model goes as far as bristol history goes so like that is probably the one click that i'm more compelled to make than the 12 to 1 outright but at the same time like you know at 12 to 1 we could spend two and a half units and still have yeah six units to play on a favorite so yeah there's one of there's one other guy that i want to want to run by but like i kind of talk through but um, I'm having a hard time getting past the talk to one Harvick. So let yeah. me move on because I spent way too much time on Harvick. But I've got um, I've got
0: a little question before you move on. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, Go ahead. When you when you talk about Harvick, kind of the the week
0: in, week out, like what what edge does he have on a traditional field? Like you talk about Harvick, you talk about the long run, right? Kind of similar to Seabell, similar to Hamlin as well, right? When as the run goes farther, and especially on tracks that have a ton of tire fall-off, that's when Harvick is able to manage this stuff properly and really like, you know, move his way through the field as the run uh, goes on. I don't feel like that's really the case as much at Bristol. I feel like there's a little bit less tire fall off is when we're assessing, this is going on to like into this weekend. When you start to assess uh, practice splits this upcoming week at Bristol is long run, something that you actually um, put maybe a bit more weight on than, than I would think, or are you looking maybe more for the pure speed aspect um, with maybe just a little bit less tire fall off? I, I'm, I want some insights on, on that.
1: Yeah. So Bristol's not a track that we see a lot of tire fall off. And, um, we saw that especially a year ago, right? Like a two tire call. Yeah. Basically won the race for Butcher. So, um, long run speed is not as important. Uh, I think I'll just be looking at, honestly, I'll probably be looking at like overall speed compared with short run speed. Actually, I think for me, at least just because, you know, if, if we get to the point where it's hard to pass, then the, the speed you can get off of a restart is going to be pretty important. Yeah. Um, now, to, to counterpoint you, though, with Harvick is like, yes, he is best. Uh, like those tracks with a lot of fall off, getting the most out of it. But also, you know, I don't think there's anybody else in the paddock that I feel better about where they could be way off to start the race. And somehow him and Rodney Childers know how to dial that thing in. And all of a sudden you're like, "How is this guy who was running like 15th, 20th, beginning of the race now up to fourth? Like, where'd they come from? So like, if there's anyone who can figure it out, especially on a track that they like, I trust that four team a whole between Harvick and Childers to really, you know, dial that car in and get to what Harvick needs in order to get to the end of this race. So, um, yeah, I think that, if that answers your question, it's more, yeah. not only really the long run speed, it's really the, the adjustments Adjust- needed to, to withstand the, the full uh, length of what this race is going to entail. Yeah.
0: And I, I wasn't really using it as a, like a slide against Harvard because obviously his Bristol track record speaks for itself. So um, it was more so just like when you, if we're, you know, if we decide to save some budget for Saturday, like um, how can I be an asset to you in terms of like reading the practice times and then assessing what's yeah. truly important. Cause I think that's for, for a lot of like inter like for a lot of new NASCAR betters, I think like, Obviously, assessing practice times is one thing, and it makes a ton of sense, like pick the fastest car in practice. But as you get to different tracks, I feel like what you're looking for in terms of like a season NASCAR better changes, and that's sometimes where I kind of fall behind in terms of assessing uh, what truly happened on Saturday. So right, uh, obviously very high on the 12 or out of the 12-1 in Harvick, uh, probably the closest we've come to actually making a move. Um, I know Chase, I mean, he finished run up here last year. Is there anything that has, uh, has you kind of pointing – anything that points you in the direction of the nine car right now, I know he has obviously has a great Bristol tracker. And it feels like if, if it's going to happen anytime in these last few weeks, it kind of needs to be here or should be here. Um So kind of thoughts on chase. I know he's kind of right in the middle of your model, probably appropriately priced, but just uh general leads on the nine. And then obviously the eight and 17, if you have uh, anything on those two.
1: Yeah, I think actually, I actually think I feel second best about chase in this group of the other guys, Um just because Again, you, you kind of touched that like Bristol's a really good track for for Chase. He's third in, in driver rating um over the last three years of this track. First in average finish over his career here, well. uh, which is really nice to see. Uh third in total speed over the next gen era, ninth in average finish in the next gen era, fifth in total speed in just 2023, and fourth in loop data over the last three years. So like very much like shows really good numbers. And the biggest point I think to make here, the nine car is in the owner's championship. So yeah. it's not like, like the racing for nothing. Like the owner's championship does mean a lot to um, obviously the owners, right? The teams, because yeah. it's, and there's actually, it's, it's, which is wild yeah. to me, but I've actually heard that there's more money that's given out for the owner's championship than there's a the driver's championship. So there's a lot of credence there. And you got to think that this nine team would love to see Chase come across the finish line here um, and move that car into the next round. Um, so yeah, the 12 to one number, I think is actually, especially since a year ago, with chase in yeah. the playoffs. I think this number was seven, six to one. So like, I was thinking
0: to that exact point. If he was in the playoffs, he'd be right there alongside and
1: Hamlin for sure. Yeah. So yeah, Harvick and Elliot are, they very much have my interest uh, in this 12 to one range. There's only one other guy deeper than this that has my interest more than them. Um, but like, it's, it's, it's really hard for me. Like I, I want to wait as yep. much as I can, but like, it's been really hard for me with some of these numbers that we're seeing. Um, now, again, Similar to Larson, though, Elliot does not qualify well at these tracks either. Um, so, he's actually even worse than Larson. He's four, no, actually 17th in the qualifying model. So, um, let me just take a look at what those results are qualifying. So, he started 10th, 22nd, 24th, and 13th this year at those comp tracks. So, yeah, this number could get better, honestly. Yeah. Uh, similar to Larson.
0: Much, yeah, a little bit too much risk to take on Thursday when you don't have really a lot of proof that he's going to improve his odds or improve his, uh his stock. It feels like on Saturday, you would think.
1: Yeah. Okay. And to be honest with you, Kyle Busch, Chris Bisher, I don't like Kyle Busch is as good as it comes when it comes to Bristol history. Like he's probably better historically than everybody else that I've highlighted, but not in this eight car. <laughs> like, uh the eight car is not shown even with Reddick in it like it doesn't really matter who's been in it they haven't really shown a lot of prowess at these mm-hmm. kind of like short flat short tracks um so yeah uh bush is kind of buried my model at 15th so um the, really the only thing he's got going for him is just his like the course horse history like it's really the only thing he's got going for him and he's i mean his total speed rankings aren't aren't bad but he's not getting the finishes and like the loop data and the driver don't speak the same as total speed so like that almost kind of paints this picture for you of like you know maybe he's put himself in good positions but he doesn't quite have the speed to win so yeah i'm crazy to, crazy times. to say but I might be fading Kyle bush actually yeah that that is that is some kind of take if you uh <laughs> you're watching
0: him for some any duration of time at, at this track but yeah I, I agree with you I mean it, we've kind of talked about it all week I've, i can't remember the last time we actually came on the show and we're bullish on Kyle bush going into a week so um, I'm actually kind of surprised he's managed to keep himself this far above the cut line comes in seventh. Um, he looks like he's 24 points above the cut line. So you would think he's pretty safe hitting in the next rounds. Um, but yeah, it seems like he's kind of a, he's kind of taken that like chastain approach to the playoffs where like he, it doesn't really feel like he ever has a contending car. but you look at, you look at the final results and he's like finishing seventh every single week. So that's, I think pretty good for his like long-term stock, but in terms of, uh, you know totting him out right on Tuesday night. It's, it's kind of tough to make that move at 11 to one. So, okay. Well, we've got plenty of guys that we've already, we, Oh my God, we're an hour in. Holy I shit. know. I know.
1: <laughs> okay. A little long winded on these top guys here, but Spoiled to be back. fair, like it is the playoffs. So like, you yeah, know, real, these, these real are the guys we, we think are going to contend. So
0: yeah, exactly. We haven't recorded in like two weeks anyway. So a lot of stuff to get off our chest. Making
1: up for lost time.
0: That's right. That's right. But uh, I think the winning range ends here pretty soon after this kind of 14 to 20 to one range. So we have Martin Truex Jr. fourteen to one. Obviously, a big spot for that nineteen team. Uh, I know he's not rating out very well in your model, but uh, you know, if you would have told us a couple weeks ago we could have get Truex at fourteen to one at Bristol, I think uh, that would have been pretty eye opening for both of us. Um, Ryan Blaney sitting at fourteen to one here as well. Tyler Reddick last week's winner sixteen to one, coming off that win. Safe patches into the round at twelve, and then Joey Logano coming in at eighteen to one as well. So, real quick again, I don't expect you to have. Um, you know five in the synopsis on all these guys but between truex blaney reddick logano is there anyone that stands out in terms of their price good or bad
1: yeah it's only one guy and it's the guy you highlighted first it's martin truex like yeah. I- i'm having trouble getting past this 14 to one number like it's like i understand the russell track record is bad like it's not good just plain out it's not good like ninth in driver rating 27th average finish 25th in average finish of his career but like can we all agree that like truex has been on a different planet this year at these tracks he's yeah. the contracts that I've pulled. He's won at two of them. He won at Martinsville and he won at uh, the clash. So. Did like, he win Dover? Do you not win oh, Sorry, Dover? Dover? Sorry, Dover. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. I said Dover. Or I said Martinsville instead of Dover. He was third yeah. at Martinsville though. So like literally of the finishes of the ones I've pulled first, first, third and 14th. Like, yeah. Can you tell me like the guy that he's been on at these tracks, especially considering that Dover is the most comparable, like comp, according to Ryan, at I fancy race and trucks one damn race. Like, did he Probably. have a fastest car? Probably, Probably not. Like I think yeah. Larson did, but like still, like Thruks was gonna be a top two, top three car. Yeah. Um and then uh like in the qualifying mile, he's fifth. So like it's not like he's far off. So like yeah. I I feel like if I feel like I would be more mad come Monday morning if I didn't bet this 14 to one number and he won this race then I would be out of anybody else. Like, how do we let literally our regular season champ, a guy that's below the cut line and needs maybe not to win, but he's going to need to run top five if he wants to, like, guarantee himself a chance to move on. I just, how can I, like, talk me out of it? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, the only thing, other thing I can do is, like, we can bet props. Like, we can bet, like, you can get, I mean, I don't have anything other than top threes posted right now. But, like, yeah. you can get, um, oh, did they take them down? Why do I not have them anymore? What Mine the are gone.
0: What do you mean? Head-to-heads or top threes? My, my top threes are gone. I uh, got Truex at uh, plus four sixty.
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's like an outright
0: price, like three years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's crazy. So, needless to say, you know, maybe maybe we don't take him outright, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take him in some form or fashion pre rex and qualifying, whether Is it's or did ahead.
0: Kansas was there any red flags of Kansas or was it just bad
1: luck? Um, I don't try to remember. I don't really remember even like. Yeah, it mean, right? But he qualified third, right? So like he was. Oh he duh, was, yeah, he was the one who had the tire issue. Yeah, yeah, no, like I think he was gonna have a good car. Like I bet him actually, I bet him top three. So like yeah, yeah. I had a lot of conviction for like him being good, and like yeah. he hasn't showed any any reason to not be good at these short tracks either. So like, I mean, the only thing I can think of that they're having prices fourteen to one price is that he's below the cut line. He hasn't been good at Bristol, and maybe he's gonna. Over press, you know, and maybe That's what find worked, himself though. in a mistake. But like,
0: it's like the opposite of Bell. Like you, you'd rather the guy go out there and try and fucking win it, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so I, so I guess to wrap this all up, unless you have any other thoughts, is like the fourteen to one price. You know, maybe based on this track history, maybe he's not going to win. Yeah. Um, it, but it's it's super hard to swallow the fact that he's fourteen to one. Uh, had been the fastest car all year and won these two contracts. So needless to say, as soon as I get top five odds maybe even top 10 odds is 14 to one. Like I will be jumping all over it. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. I like that. And you said, I mean, he qualifies well here. So I think that's yeah. the main thing. Cause like Truex is not a guy that like, there are some guys where like, if they qualify 25th, like Larson, for example, like I'm not really that worried. Truex, if he qualifies bad, I'm like, he doesn't really have the track record of like driving through the field. Typically. Like we've talked about this before. Typically, you know, if Truex is gonna be fast. Cause like, he'll tell you on Saturday. Like it's very rare, like TrueX sneaks up on anybody. Like, oh, he qualified twenty six, and all of a sudden he's the best car on the field. Whereas I feel like if if he's proven that he's had Saturday speed consistently at these tracks, you've obviously told us that he's won at two of your contracts, so that's not an issue there. Um, but yeah, the only thing that would really concern me at this point with TrueX would be if he qualifies poorly because I, I don't trust his ability to drive through the field. Because uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so his
1: but- his his last three qualifying results at Bristol. Are 22nd last year, but yeah. then first and third, okay? Yeah, and so the, those are, not, I mean, those are outside of the next gen era, so you could look at it that way and be like, okay, that doesn't really mean anything, Chris. But yeah. you know, then you look at, at some of the other tracks that were comping, um, and he has qualified uh, second, fifth, 12th, and 17th, which still ranks yeah. fifth. So, and the thing
0: is, like. He's priced as floor. Yeah. If he if he goes out and qualifies like even like seventh, like he's ten to he's 1. one he's eight to
1: one. I think he's eight to one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, so I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I will say, because we've <laughs> I, I meant to tell you I meant to tell you this over text. I'll tell you this now. Uh, we've kind of dropped the ball on kind of our little cheat code because if you guys follow the golf show, we, you know we have we pushed a lot of our picks uh, off of Bookmaker, uh, which we're not even sponsored by them, but like, in my opinion, they are the best book to bet outright golf. That's where we get all of our kind of rogue numbers. If you see like stuff that's a little bit off the consensus, that's where we get it. Uh, but we've caught, we've, we've kind of pulled the trigger a little bit too early some weeks and not been as patient. If Bookmaker is like one of those books where I feel like I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see a 16, you know, like as the week goes on, especially like if Truex is not modeling well for people, he's not catching a lot of money early. Um, like looking around, it doesn't seem like anyone's like, Beth stuff has strokes at 16 to one. And DraftKings has at 14 to 1. So it doesn't feel like there's the markets moving towards like it's not really catching on his team yeah. early. So this might be one just to wait and see. Maybe like Friday, check back in, see what the best price is, jump in then if we still feel that conviction. But uh, I mean, just to kind of grid out a potential card for us, right? If we bet Harvick at 12 to 1, Harvick or Elliott 12 to 1, we bet Truex at 14 to 1, we still have room for, a, I mean, this is eight and a half units. We would we, we could still fit in Hamlin at, at eight to one as well. So like a, a potential like top dog at eight to one, seven and a half to one, something like that. That would be two point five at at twelve, two point two five at fourteen, three point seven five at eight would equal eight point five, which I feel like is is well within your range. So yep. Um, yep. it wouldn't preclude these these two moves at twelve fourteen would not preclude us from maybe moving on you know one of the top three or four drivers kind of heading into Sunday. So. Um, but yeah, this is the part of the show where I will throw it to Chris, um, kind of 20 and onwards. I know Chastain sitting at 20 to one bubble wall sitting at 30 and then it drops off a cliff after that. Um, so I've got one guy deep down the board that I will ask you about, but kind of from 20 to 40s or anybody that catches your eye in terms of maybe catches a value before the race starts in terms of guys, you project to qualify. Well, uh, project to maybe beat this outright number, uh, come race day.
1: Um, Well, let me back up just real quick. Uh, The the only other guy in that 14 to 18 range that I would have any interest in um, would be Joey Logano just because he's near that cut line. So like, I think he does need to like, again, like this is kind of going on like the Harvick and Ronnie Childers point Logano and and his crew chief are like, yeah, maybe it might be a one, a one B situation of like putting them in good positions and getting them a good car. Like, as the race goes on. Um, So Logano, I feel like 18 to one is actually kind of a price. It's kind of getting a little too far down from, from where it should be. Uh, Like he is buried in my model a little bit, but that's just because he's been so inconsistent this, this year, but his overall Bristol track record is pretty good. Like 10th in driver rate, ninth in average finish. Um, And and the loop data, loop data hasn't been sixth overall. Um, So like Logano can be sneaky. Again, probably another guy that I might be playing on prop on just because I feel like, Coming the end of the race, it won't surprise anybody to see like, oh, we're on a restart with green, white checkered, and he's fifth. Like, where yep. the hell did he come from, <laughs>
0: and, dude? We saw the blueprint last year. Busher fucking, he took two tires and won the race. Like, you think you think Paul Wolf doesn't know that? Like, Paul yeah. Wolf is that dude that's like, oh, like, oh, key pit stop. It's time to make a fucking move and like try and win this race, especially like you said with well, his business of the points. So, um, yeah, it's time for that twenty two team to make a statement. They're obviously in danger of of crashing on the first round the year after they won the championship. So yeah, that a lot of urgency in that Penske camp in general, but particularly with that 22 car um, there. So yeah, I I like that 18 to one. Again, it's, it's a speculative play, which I feel like we kind of shy away from. Um, I feel like we tend to like chalk it up a little bit in terms of the outright market. I feel like, you know, maybe your prop cards a a spot maybe in the, in the week where you tend to take a bit more, some speculative shots, but, um but yeah you're right if you can get logano at 18 20 to 1 uh, that feels like a, a really rock solid bet
1: yeah all right so yeah uh, ian you mentioned that you had somebody deep yeah that you're yeah. interested in is that from a outright objective or qualifying i can remember what you said uh, uh kind of both kind of both all right all right so i haven't mentioned who my one and two yet are in the qualified model do you yeah. have any guesses i know one is ryan priest actually no it's not what's he, I mean, he qualified
0: in the pole at Martinsville. I mean, he was like legit. He could have won that race if not for some problems on pit Road. We know he dominated the Coliseum or he's one of the best cars at the Coliseum. Um, so that was just kind of, I mean, you, we talked about it at the start of the year, like spots to like look for Ryan Priest, yeah. either not right on the plot market, like Bristol seems like as good a spot as any. Uh, so that was the guy that I, I really circled. But uh, if you say no to that, then I all of a sudden kind of lost in terms of uh, guys to look for in the qualified market.
1: Yes, as far as qualifying goes you're right he did hit pole at martinsville but he was 30th at dover and 16th at the clash okay um so a little bit off as far as i'd be curious to go back and look at i might want to go back and look at short flats just to see how he has been overall i like that call out though i do like that call um but number one number two at the other comp tracks number one is alex
0: bowman okay yeah that makes
1: sense number two is eric almarole which i think that makes even more sense
0: yeah okay yeah, so I, honestly, I,
1: I could, I could yeah. very much, I could very much see myself playing a Bowman Almirola and like a Hamlin qualifying card. That's probably gonna be the qualifying card right there. Okay. Um, so um, actually, and, and I, there's one other guy in the top five I haven't mentioned yet. So I think I've given you one, two, five, and six, or one, two, three, uh, five, and six. So fourth is what? Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I've got, I've got all five. I've got Bowman, Almirola, Hamlin, Byron, Truex. My top five qualifying.
1: Byron is, oh, maybe I told you wrong, because Byron's actually sixth, Trux is fifth. Okay. Who's fourth? Um, fourth is Chase Briscoe.
0: Okay.
1: Was a- another SHR SH- Ash- car. Um, and I believe he's pulled one of these, actually, which I think is probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, can't find his name. But, anyways, I would probably look at him. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so he's went thirtieth at Dover, fifteenth at the Clash, fifth at Martinsville, and fourth at Wilkesboro. Damn. So
0: we need we need to request a prop market. You know how in golf we have uh, top five first round leader or top five after the first round, top ten after the first round. We need qualify inside the top five, qualify inside the top. <laughs> I think I think you would I think you would print in that market. I think that would be just free ass fucking money if they were if they gave that to us. But uh, we need to
1: do like that. We need a Bavada. What's your wager? special. Yeah. on
0: <laughs> couldn't hurt, right? could but I, I mean, I feel like that's legit. If if I was like a just a neutral listener to this podcast, I feel like this would be one of the one of the key metrics I'd be kind of jotting down as you guys went along because um, this qualifying model has been really good for Chris. And honestly, I think if we're doing like New Year's resolutions for twenty twenty four, I would encourage you to put maybe more stock into that going forward. So, um, but yeah, Bowman, Almirola, Hamlin, Briscoe, Truex and Byron top six and qualified models. So, um, yeah, stay tuned on Saturday. See if one of those five, uh, six hit, and we'll see if we can keep this heater going. But I'm sure Chris will have plenty of um, plenty of just bets in general kind of coming our way as we hit, kind of head into Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and obviously one of the marquee stops on the entire calendar here at Bristol. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I if I helped you or hurt you this week or uh, tonight, but uh, I think we had some really nice discussion, um, and it should be a really really fun week at Bristol. I'm really looking forward to this race. Um, I actually might tune out. F- actually, the Browns don't play until Monday night, so that's perfect. I get to watch the race on Sunday afternoon, and uh, I'll get to watch the Browns on Monday night. So there's n- there'll be no conflict of interest. Just pu- purely focused on uh, the Fortnite and um, and the NASCAR race that
1: night. Well, and plus it's a night race, so Fortnite should be over oh no never mind oh, that's it's west, west coast. coast yeah yeah never mind yeah i just realized that too
0: let's yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves we'll we'll see if we have guys in the mix in Fortnite. if max Holm is not winning by eight then we'll uh <laughs> we'll maybe tune into the goal. but um yeah either way it felt good to have a full night of recording nice solid hell two and a half hours nearly on the airwaves between the both of our shows so hopefully uh you guys got plenty out of that and uh yeah let's keep some uh Keeps momentum going. I know the, the the breaks haven't really fallen our way this uh, these past couple weeks on the track, but I feel I feel very confident that this week is going to be a, a nice week, nice little bounce back, and um, hopefully we were able to help you on your path to uh, constructing a betting card for Bristol. So for me, Chris, peace out, guys, and uh, we will see you next week.
1: Yeah. See so you guys. And sorry for not landing on actual bets tonight, but like Ian said, hopefully we helped you at least form some opinions and, you know, even myself, if there's anything, I just do decide to click between now and even Saturday, you know, I'll be sure to put it in the action network um, so everybody can see it. But um, yeah, obviously we laid, we laid out a lot of, a lot on Harvick, a lot on Chase Elliott, a lot on Truex, um, Logano, um, Hamlin. So a lot of, a lot of guys to kind of keep that, keep our eyes on. So yeah, with that being said, let's, let's have a fun final round of the round of 16 into the uh, round of 12, um, and let's do it under the lights in Bristol, Tennessee. See you guys.